speaking the line and uh it's just me and zach this evening zach how's it going it's going well pierce it's actually going it's going very well midterms wow. are over the pll season is over and while i will miss it i will not miss the 60 hours a week of work mm. everything going on we're less than a month away from basketball season the virginia football team won a game and the Philadelphia Phillies are about to play the second game of the what the NLCS is that what it is? I'm not a baseball no. guy, but I'm a Phillies fan in October. So it's not uh, the NLCS yet, but uh, NLDS yeah. is that what it is? I'm glad Divisional you. Phillies I'm glad you you have announced your bandwagoning uh, <laughs> fair weather fandom as far as baseball is concerned to all our listeners. But uh, we're not here to talk about uh, that. We are here to talk about the Virginia football team that has a win. They have a win, Zach. We are no longer winless. There is no threat of recreating the worst start since 1981. Uh, the, the sun came out this weekend after the Who's beat in-state rival William & Mary. <laughs> and a win's yeah, a win. I, uh... A win is a win. And uh, William and Mary yeah, that seems... did, did some pretty good stuff. Uh, you know, they're they're not they're not a, a terrible terrible team or anything like that. But it was nice to see the Who's put things together, um, especially considering they had a chance for that first win in Boston and uh, had a uh, uh, pretty pretty miserable late game collapse, uh, second half collapse. It wasn't wasn't really the late game, just sort of the entire second half. And uh, anyway, they've come back and they've won. So, yeah, what, what were your uh, immediate takeaways? Yeah, I think that's the the most immediate biggest one. It's just and I don't think we we podcasted last week um, with logistical problems. But um, no, I, I'm just mentioning that to say that we didn't talk about Boston College. But with that in mind, um, it seems like in this game you saw at the very least growth from a standpoint of um, just being able to put it away. Boston college is not a good football team. William and Mary is not a good football team and hot take Virginia is not a good football team, but at the same time um, they did what needed to be done yes. in the second half of this game. It, it wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were moments where it felt like it was going to get out of hand or slip away or opportunities were squandered, but they did what they needed to do. You saw a little bit more courageousness from the coaching staff to let the players go try to win the game. And Virginia dominated this game just from a pure sort of, I mean, they didn't convert well in the red zone. They made too many mistakes, but just from a yardage standpoint, um, they kicked William and Mary's butt. I mean, in yards per play, UVA uh, gained 6.58 yards per play relative to William and Mary's 4.09. I need to pull up the total yardage from this game, but that just goes to say that they controlled this game. Um, There are reasons that the the final score was 27 to 13 and they only scored seven first or sorry, seven second half points, but they won the game. And for a team that hadn't done that in 352 days, that's a big deal. So (laughs) it's worth celebrating. All right. So first question, you mentioned uh, you saw courage from the co- the coaching staff and, and putting uh, uh, some opportunity into the UVA players' hands to go out and, and just get the win. And um, can you give some examples of that, whether it be specific plays 
against William and Mary or or just stylistic things that changed from the previous losses to this? Yeah, I mean, I think that the two biggest ones are the fourth down conversions on that drive to, well, I guess it was at the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth, but it was, it was Virginia's lone scoring drive of the mm-hmm. second half. Um, and with fourth and one on the William and Mary 44, they put Grady Brosterhouse in the game for the um, tush push, brotherly shove, cheek sneak, whatever you are calling oh, it. That's a new um, one. I, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, that's 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 one from from Philly Sports Podcasts. Um, but Gross. It, it, you know, Elliot said after the NC State game that they didn't run a QB sneak because they're worried about hurting their quarterback. Uh, that game, Calandre was in and made sense. If Calandre goes down, first of all, he's not the biggest guy. Second of all, then you are rolling with Grady Prosterhouse or Jared Raymond um, at quarterback. And so, and with Musket's shoulder injury, you don't want to risk it further. You don't want to risk Calandre's redshirt. So they put Brosterhouse in and he, he gets the one yard um, in William and Mary territory. It was on the William and Mary 44 yard line. And that was a big call. I mean, up seven at that point in time, if they don't get that, if they punt the ball, if Daniel Sparks, you know, has another whiff of a kick, um, then things could go downhill quickly. And, and William and Mary only needed a couple opportunities in this game to prove that they could move the ball on Virginia. Um, and so, that was a big one. And then just, I think, three plays later on fourth and three from 36, they they went for it again and they they committed to it. I think that that's, that's, just, that, that's what you wanted. And Musket scrambled, um, put his body on the line and got the first down. Are those, it's not exactly, it, those are the, the play calls that they should have been making. They should have been going for those on fourth down all season long. Right, I was going to say. You, isn't that evidence? Like, if you know, okay, so the reason we're not going to QB sneak it is because of the health of uh, the quarterback room, and and we don't want Calandria to get hurt. Well, you go into the game knowing that, right? Like, you finish the game knowing you're not going to QB sneak it with Calandria, then you go into the game knowing you're not going to QB sneak it with Calandria, right? Like, it's not a spur-of-the-moment decision, in which no. case, why don't you already have the use the walk-on quarterback for the QB sneak play? So I don't, I'm not well, saying, they, I, I'm not like questioning, I'm I'm questioning the excuse there. If I could be Mr. Negative no, I agree. for a second, right? Like, like that doesn't no, I, I, play, I like it's just a lie. <laughs> Either that or the explanation well, is, well, we, had, we hadn't considered doing that <laughs> before the NC State game. And we, we walked away and learned, hey, uh, hey, we could, we, why don't we go ahead and use the walk-on and drew up a play for him? Yeah. And I think, it's the storyline is that they made the adjustment and they yeah. committed to doing something. I mean, we just saw against Boston college, it was fourth and four at like a similar yardage uh, in Boston college territory late in the game. They were what down three points at that point. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. But, so. And it worked out because they got a fumble or a pick or something, but the, the results are not greater than the process. They're like, that does not pay off that bad decision. And in this game, they committed to making that decision. Frankly, it's an easy decision to make, like fourth and three on the 36. You don't want to kick like a 54-yarder with Betridge probably. Mm-hmm. And same thing goes on the 44, obviously. But at the same time, they did it. And that's good. And that's improvement. And that's a sign, at the very least, that they are coming around to the fact, the coaching staff is, that they need to be aggressive on fourth down in certain scenarios. It, Yes, it should have been before now. Yes, this is not like they still had an, one in the first half where they kicked. I'm a, I, that that one was a little bit more up in the air because it was just they needed points in the game. Things were ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that that I appreciated that 
from the staff. And I think the players did too. I mean, Musket said after the game that, that, and it makes sense that the quarterback, I mean, he said it himself, the court, he always wants to go for it on fourth. If it's fourth and 12, yeah. he wants to go for it, but that he appreciated Elliot's trust in him and in the offense. And that is how you get in a groove. That's how you get a team going. That's how you get people excited. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it is a win against Wayman Mary. Yeah. I mean, you can't really discount the, um, the impact that getting a win, no matter who it is against, uh, can have on on this program and this team at this point. Unfortunately, that sort of speaks to how dire the situation <laughs> is. And, yeah. But that's the situation that we're in as a program and as fans and stuff. So, you know, you walk away avoiding uh, what would have been just colossal disaster uh, in adding another loss this season. And you go into a bye week saying, okay, um, what do we learn uh, that, that that our strengths are? Uh, what can we take away against um, usually superior competition is what's coming up uh, with ACC games instead of William and Mary. But you have an extra week to to really dig into what can this team do well and take forward into you know the the Carolina game and beyond. So that being said, what do you see, Zach? as those types of things lessons learned uh or even just old lessons to keep going with because it's what's working um for the team to to hopefully pick up a few more wins this this year yeah i think there's a couple things um i think first of all you need to continue to rely on tony musket malik washington and malachi fields Mm -hmm. through the air that should be where your offense is going the majority of the time Um, i think musket had a good game from a sort of in his progressions um mm-hmm. thought he did well i thought he found people um on the back side well and, and worked well left to right right to left and so i appreciated that he also just had some sweet throws and you're starting to see why the team and the coaching staff had faith in him despite Clander's positive play yes the two the two turnovers were a problem um the fumble just don't run with the ball like michael vick if you're not michael vick and then the interception you got to be able to read that the corner is playing with outside leverage and knows that he has safety help on the inside and will jump that route and is planning on jumping that route. So like both of those are mistakes from him, but at the same time um, he made up for him. And I think obviously Washington and Enfield's production speaks for itself. I think in the running game, you need to be careful. First of all, I think Paris Jones needs to be fed in the backfield. Yeah. Um, frankly, the fact that he had it only seemed like that all in year. this game. Right. Yeah. Like well, Paris Jones just, is the it, best it runner make, on this team. It doesn't make sense why he is not blowing pace and Holland's away in carries. And I, I think right. Holland is, is a little bit banged up right now. Um, and but but Pace had eight more carries than Jones in this game, despite Paris Jones averaging eleven point two yards per carry. Mm. Like, give the dude the ball. Right. Like if we're going to commit to running the ball, which I think the staff will continue to do, you need to give it to the most elusive rusher and then use pace in passing situations. Use Hollins and pass pro. However, you want to maintain that sort of three back rotation. Jones should be getting the majority of the carries. The analytics back this up. The analytics back this up before this game. Mm-hmm. He, he led the, the team in uh, yards per carry. Let him in uh, EPA added for no, expected points added. I need Paul on here. Um, per rush. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he, but but had the, the third fewest carries of the group. You got to keep yeah. giving this guy the ball. It's weird. That being said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just gonna to add a a caveat to that point. Do not 
take this game as evidence to continue to try to run the ball. Yeah, they had yeah. forty. What, what, what? How many carries? I'm gonna do the quick math. Um, they got some pounds. Muskets, they got put some pounds on on William and Mary that they uh, won't have on UNC's players. You know, like they're this is not exactly perhaps indicative of a strength in the team. But I think you're right. I mean, I like I said, Paris is the best runner on the team. It doesn't mean to not pay play pace or or uh, Holland's. I think they all bring different. Like I think we've seen it, particularly the receiving um, the pace brings is is pretty huge but you can utilize all three of those guys and still focus on paris jones as your main up the middle runner um which he clearly should be doing yeah exactly and especially when you have an offensive line that is going to be letting defenders into the backfield and it is mm-hmm. not going to be blocking perfectly paris jones is a guy who can make someone miss and still get upfield and it just i mean it, the eye test is is pretty obvious there i will add to that point just not committing to running the ball because you put up 200 yards on an fcs team right an epa added or expect god i gotta get that right expected points added per rush uva was still negative 0.04 in this game which for in the realm of college football was the 41st percentile Mm -hmm. so still a below average rushing performance in terms of the points added on the ground I'm not an analytics football guy, but at the same time, I think that just goes to say that even when you have this dominant performance on the ground, that is not an indication that you should commit to that further moving forward, especially when, as you alluded to, Pierce, the only reason you did it is because it was against such inferior um, competition. So not to get negative, but I just want that to sort of, I want to have said that ahead of the game's upcoming. Um, But at the same time, offensively, Paris Jones is a positive musket. Washington and who am I missing? Fields were all major positives. The O line got crushed on the edges, but that's just I think William and Mary just has really good edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so give and take there a little bit. Jimmy Chris doesn't look amazing. McCabe Bully didn't look good for really kind of the first time this season. Um, and so you're hoping for improvement there, stabilization there with Chris healthy and Nana at right guard. At the same time, you just try to limit your losses um, there defensively. I think Cam Robinson is a stud. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he led, led the team of tackles uh, with 12 total. I mean, he's just, he's a dude, and he's, like, replacing Josh Ahern. And I think Ahern's been banged up. But at the same time, Robinson just looks better on the field. He had that huge fourth down stuff. And, oh, gosh, when was it? It, it was William and Mary's most successful second-half drive when they oh, – it was after the musket pick. Mm-hmm. They drove 75 yards down the field and had a fourth and one inside – UVA's 10 yard line and then they tried to run a little I don't know the scheme exactly but they had motion a wide receiver cutting through the backfield to try to move the linebackers they didn't but Robinson, push it they didn't touch push it which I mean why would you touch push it um but Robinson sort of did not get distracted by that found the gap hit it and made initial contact such that Ben Smiley and Tavon Kyle could could wrap up the runner and he's clearly just loved by his teammates. Like I talked to Cohen King after the game and it was just such an obvious sort of like wow factor in how he plays. And I asked him like, what can he be doing better? He mentioned that that Robinson is playing Mike linebacker, which I don't think has been backed up in the depth chart, but it, by rewatching some of the game, it looked like 
they were moving him and Jackson around a little bit, but at the same, I think he was just sort of saying Robinson, he can grow into a more leadership role. But other than that, like the dude's a stud and, and, you know, that was a big recruiting win for this coaching staff. And so to see that pay off on the field, one of few, but a big one, um, that's meaningful. The D line, I'm just like rambling through takes right now. So it's, it's not really what they <laughs> well, can take away. Let me also away. say, I like what I see from James Jackson. Um, he and Sanker were up there with Robinson as far as leading the team and, and tackles, but uh, James Jackson's been a good player for them. Absolutely. And I think Rudd's defensive game plan um, in this one made sense. Played a lot of zone coverage, keep eyes on the quarterback, obviously a scrambling quarterback and sort of live with the mistakes that you might make in zone coverage um, through the air. I mean, it, and pull up the stats, I think when Mary had like 79 yards through the air, 72 mm-hmm. um, on 18 passes. Obviously, they did well running the ball uh, with 147 yards, but at the same time, you limit the damage there. And they didn't give up any points after like 10 minutes left in the second half when the one touchdown that, that they let up was a four-yard drive after Muskets fumble. So mm. that's a positive. Uh, should we talk a little bit about special teams? Because I think it's been uh... – you know out there on the on the the twitters or the x the x is anyway bet ridge is uh pretty good <laughs> making a 45 yeah. um yard kick is is no uh gimme uh even in professional <laughs> football so it's nice to see um that he is still 100 on the season uh, for field goals and he's hit a 45 and a 44 yarder in uh the past few games so uh, I mean, that's a real weapon. Uh, if if this team is desperate to to hang in there for close games and actually win close games, it hasn't been because they've been missing kicks. Yeah, no, it's been nice. And I think, I mean, he even had you know, another 37-yarder and made a 38-yarder in the last couple minutes of play before the roughing the kick penalty that they got mm-hmm. um, nullified. So that was nice. I think, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's reliable. He, he sort of, he had some yips it seemed at the end of last season Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this season maybe just a little bit uh with some kicks even though they went in being a little shaky but seems to have solidified which yeah that's great to see i think um you know i'm on record as as being a daniel sparks uh truther um if that's how you want to say call it i don't know what you want to say but there are um, a lot of conspiracy theories out there about yeah exactly but at the same time, I think, yeah, the the, the field positioning that, that he gave women Mary in the first half, which also, you know, was a the, the fumble for Musket played a big part in that. But the the five, I think he had what, a five yard punt and like a 32 yard punt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um those were, I mean, and those were both just off of his foot. Neither of those were blocked. Yes, he was pressured, but neither was like deep in the end zone, and neither was trying to kick it short to give women Mary poor field positioning like he could fully unload on both those kicks and just missed and it's not so much like i I don't mean to just sort of um dunk on on sparks in this but beyond betridge the special teams have just not been good and it's been an issue for uva in trying to play complementary football and Mm. win games and i think that especially when you outgain a team what was it let me see um, so UVA gained in this game 453 yards relative to William and Mary's 219, doubled them up more than that. Uh, 
you expect to win by more than 14 points. And part of that is just not being able to play complimentary football early in this game. And the, the numbers I'm about to rattle off for Sparks' sort of season averages, season numbers, are not all his fault. Um, a lot of it is the coverage, which has been bad. But if we just look at uh, through six games this year, he's 92nd in yards per punt, um, 148th in net yards, 53rd. Uh, he's the 53rd most inside the 20, which like, okay, that's fine. Not good, not great. But at the same time, those eight uh, that he had inside the 20 are on 33 attempts, which is 11th most in college football. He is 10th in yards per return, as in the he has the 10th most yards per return. I think I'd probably put that more on the coverage than him, especially because he's sixth in hang time um, in college football at 4.28 seconds. So mm-hmm. I think this backs up what we've known. Sparks has a big leg, likes to try to hit it long, does it pretty well, um, except when he whiffs uh, from time to time, which I just can happen for punters. But at the same time, the coverage has just not been good. And it's been giving opponents opportunities to yeah, have better field positioning. And I know that they won this game and this is probably sounding far too nitpicky, but at the same time, (laughs) this was a 13, 13 game with a minute left in the first half and did not really feel comfortable until the end of that, that, uh, that lone touchdown drive in the second half of Virginia. So I think this team is, is talented enough to win games. I think that they're very much good enough to go to win two more and, and steal an upset somewhere, uh, maybe two. At the same time, the coaching does need to be better. You know, I mean, they they made those fourth down calls. Rudd had a good scheme um, defensively, but I just think that the minutia of the game continues to plague this team, and it continues to be a, a problem that in this game did not cost them because they had such a dramatic um just talent differential, size differential. And they only had three penalties. So maybe I'm being too harsh here. Um, and those have been a problem in the past, but uh, yeah, it's not just penalties though. I mean, you see like um, a special team's mistake to start the game, you know, when that's been such a major theme for the season, no matter who you're playing, that's just brutal, right? Like, you're just like, all right, yeah. let's see what we can improve upon. And, right away on the kickoff return doing something inexplicably wrong so uh, it's a it's 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 gonna keep being the theme until it's not yeah and and i think that like this game as you mentioned earlier is is sort of a question of how much can you build on this how much can you make this game going into the bye week something that you go and you beat unc on the road and all of a sudden there is juice um I think there are signs of that on the field. I think that the skill position players on offense are talented. And I think that we've known that the whole time. It's just a matter of piecing it to the, together. Another sort of um, critique or struggle for this team has been the pass rush. I mean, they, they had mm-hmm. no sacks in this game. And yeah, it's tough with a mobile quarterback. And they've been absolutely just depleted. Uh, there's so many injuries there. Um, Campbell are out for the season. Sua Gunlea out for the season. Um, and that's tough, but those guys also have, I think, four out of the defensive line, seven sacks through six games. Uh, I could have that slightly off, but but that's what I looked at um, during the game. And so you, if you can't get pressure on the quarterback and their secondary is also depleted by injury with Malcolm Green hurt, Dre Walker hurt on the outside. Tavon Kyle was fine in this game, but at the same time, he's been in weakness. Um, Lex Long out, you know, your linebackers are strength. Jonas Sanker's a, a strength and Cohen King is, but... 
that back seven is is not 100% stable. If you can't get pressure, like I think Chico Ben has been dealing with injuries, so I don't want to harp on him too too much, but no sacks so far this season through six games after, I think, what, leading the ACC in sacks last season or or, or coming close. He, he was he had seven. He was up there, um, led the team. And, and so not getting pressure on the quarterback is a question mark and, and is, is um, yeah, that, that's tough, especially against an FCS opponent. Like you want to be able to control the the line, um, control the what is it? The, the trenches. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's hard to feel like this is a turnaround sort of performance, like like this. Okay, now they're going to start cooking. It's hard to feel like that. You can, there's an argument there that, that you can sort of say, okay, if they clean X, Y, and Z up, there's the talent to go on the road and pick up a big win. Um, but at the same time, I think it's just hard because you wanted something emphatic. You wanted this just feel good first quarter to fourth quarter mm-hmm. and it didn't and there was a while there where it felt like William and Merritt was was gonna win this game and things mm-hmm. were just gonna get ugly so I don't know on a scale of one to ten how much like yeah it's hard to give a confidence scale in this team for the next six games at the same time there are winnable games yeah that's true I mean UNC on paper is uh pretty darn good um miami yeah. <laughs> i mean okay well hold on before we get into my yeah no go ahead before we get into miami why is uva not kneeling the ball with 134 left up two touchdowns like they, they get the the roughing kicker mm-hmm. i get you want to punch it in the end zone and like good vibes and everything just go down on one knee crazier things have happened than, than, than that game getting tied up in uva football's history and I'm 20 years old, and I, I think I've seen crazier things. So, like, yeah, let, let's, I don't let's mind win that the game. as much because it's a two-score no. game. Okay. And I like, Just, I, yeah, I get it, you know, but it's it's a two-score game. You haven't won before, you know that. Like, I, 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 I that doesn't bother me. I, I hear you. Okay. It, it, it's like mathematically, yeah, you, yeah, you probably could have made the same mistake, but, um. It, I'll say this: where even even if I'm in the minority and people are like, "This makes a lot of sense," I I was screaming the same thing. It's not the same thing that Miami did, <laughs> which was was literally no, literally one play. Like all you just had to take the knee and you win, and instead you didn't. In the in the off chance someone's listening to this and doesn't know what happened, go look up the ending to the Miami Georgia Tech game, uh, late night Saturday. Uh, because Miami had the ball and all they had to do was take a knee and they would have won instead for no reason they ran the ball fumbled it and then gave up a 74 yard scoring drive to a team that had only thrown for 70 some yards uh, that game total Uh, I mean anyone talking about uh, angry at coaching decisions it starts with the university of miami and i don't know that it's ever going to end or not start with the <laughs> the university of miami uh if, if they don't make a change goodness yeah i i like that's just complete ineptitude i, I don't know it just that that's like yeah that, that's just horrible i didn't watch it live but i saw yeah, it no, on I twitter didn't, and i didn't just, see it till the morning I can't imagine. And and, and I, I mean, I sort of can imagine yeah. how I would feel. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I don't. Have well, to. no, just that, that was the moment when I sort of said to myself, huh, like 
that's yeah and i know the virginia thing is different and it's only Mary and they actually haven't thrown the ball um much at all that being said after unc um on october 21st two weeks from uh this past saturday when you beat william and mary um uva plays on the road in north carolina that's tough to win but then they get miami on the road and then georgia tech at home two winnable games right like i mean georgia tech absolutely miami if they continue to be a team that i mean lost to georgia tech that's winnable i have louisville on the road (laughs) uh not so sure about that one uh, I, I also they only to I'm looking at the play by play after William and Mary's final timeout they only ran the ball two more times. Looks like no, I know, but, so, but they they William and Mary had no timeouts. It was right, one thirty. They could have taken left. knees on those two plays instead of running the ball. I I, yeah. I, I got you. Yeah, that that was my point of just like okay, end the, just end you won yeah. end the game. Yeah. Don't there's. Don't get in. You, you're up by 14. Get, that's great. Just end the game. Um, again, probably an overreaction and an overcriticism. But at the same time, who boy? Like you don't. I mean, they had a. They had what a. a it's not a six yard fumble taking. return in the yeah. first half of the game. Yeah. Like you, it's happened in this game. Yeah, and yeah. Paris Jones chasing him down <laughs> was the only thing to, that delayed that from being a touchdown. Perhaps this so, will be a learning experience for all college coaches. Uh, the Miami game, they'll. I don't know. I hope so. Do college coach. It's so adapt? like college football coach to be, <laughs> oh, we we want to punch the ball into the end zone. We right. want to uh, uh, just just win the just just win the game. Um, but that all being said, UVA has six games left. There's a world where they go three and three. No, and I know four it. and eight is <laughs> I mean No, there's probably not. I, I mean I just I just don't see them surprising UNC even after the bye. Carolina I don't think is is they might be as good as the, the their ranking twelfth in the country. They might not. I mean they blew out Syracuse. They blew out Pittsburgh. They blew out Minnesota. Appy State took them to double overtime, which will happen. And they they soundly beat uh, you know South Carolina, who was decent last year but maybe not good this year i don't know let's see i i hosting miami in prime time for a miami team that could be in total shambles might not tell you anything but i also miami's talented and who knows maybe they do galvanize and come back and say okay we're, we're not going to be the laughing stock anymore anyway that that'll be yeah. interesting to see and if you're looking for something to watch this weekend it's it's uva's next two opponents are playing each other saturday night prime time so i think we'll get a better idea yeah. of what to expect from miami uh, uva's past defense hasn't been all that bad and you know the defense overall hasn't been all that bad i i say that the points per game is bad yeah. that they've given up um but like pass play percentage they're number 26 um well i guess that doesn't really say completion percentage is what i should look at 75th yards per pass 7.5 72nd uh, you know sack percentage is abysmal as you noted they're 123rd in the country in sack percentage uh, and not forcing takeaways yeah. with the uh, interceptions either 
So I don't know. Drake May being who, you know, as good as he is, it's it's going to be hard to see Virginia sticking uh, close in this game. But you're right. Maybe Miami's totally in shambles. Um, maybe Georgia Tech is really bad. Um, maybe Duke and Virginia Tech are beatable. And, you know, I said gloss over Louisville because they just handled Notre Dame. I don't know. Maybe they'll have a trap game against us. I, I see what you mean. Like it's the ACC. Any of these teams can be bad that week. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a lot over this bye week, you know. I think for for Virginia to do it, but we started the podcast off uh, with this, which is you have you have three legitimate star players in Tony Musket and Washington and Fields as as your receivers, and you can lean on that. I mean, like, you, you, yeah. football teams out there have won games with worse. You know what I mean? Like that that that's yeah. that's a legit thing that you can build an offense around. We just haven't seen evidence that they will do it. Not the players, that the team. And by that, I guess I mean the coaches, right? Like that. They, yeah, I, we're seeing pieces of evidence. I mean, we they 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 got this big great lead against Boston College on the road. You know, they came back against UNC on the like. It's not that the the season has been devoid of bright spots it's just been devoid of of games where they look like a complete cohesive coach team and gone out and gotten the win until this w w and m one uh yeah. it's 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 a it's, think, it's hard to forecast i'm i'm hemming and hawing. it is and, and i think that there's i think part of that is just because the team is good enough to be three and three right now like the, right. the, this is That's a, my a point. Team yeah. that even with a backup quarterback, a, a true freshman starting three games, there is a world in which they are three and three, and we are convincing ourselves ourselves that there's a way that they are bowl eligible at the end of the season. And I yeah. think that that is probably on the coaching staff more than it is the players. And I, I think, think that the, the musket injury too. You know, you go. I wonder yeah. if they beat JMU. I wonder if they beat Maryland. Even you know. Uh, if, if I think JMU, they probably, the yeah, NC I think, State, I think they win. Right, right. Like there are three games that they could have won. They could be, no, they couldn't. No, let's, but, stop. let's stop with this. This is, this is, silly. no, I'm just, but, but the larger <laughs> point I think is that the coaching staff, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not giving the staff enough credit and giving the players too much. Cause at, at the end of the day, the, the staff are calling the plays and, sure, they have the spins and they're making yeah. up for, for, problems and injuries in various places mm-hmm. but like the quarterbacks in six games have played well enough to win three games mm-hmm. like like in the aggregate like you take away you you add in the errors you you know you bring in the insane heroic plays and i mean the offensive line has been mediocre but not disastrous other than I mean, Tennessee, obviously, Boston College was not good, but hasn't been completely debilitating. Yeah. Like I think it could have been. Well, I think it's maybe that's be... coaching. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, you're know. right. It's, just, a, it's, it, it's hard to have there. confidence. For sure. For sure. But it's it, it's still critical to pick up some wins in these games. Obviously, the, the rivalry game against the Hokies is, is critical, regardless of um, any of the, you know, neither team going to be bowl eligible, probably. But, um, you, you just can't have the wheels fall off and that's what things were in danger of still are in danger of if they lose out, you know, or something like that. 
because they yeah. need to go into year three with some actual talented depth. Um, not that there isn't talent, but there sure isn't depth, at least in the trenches on both. So both sides of the line don't have the depth. And that's why they're losing that, you know, that, that, like they, that, that, it's as easy as that. It's not because they don't have capable players elsewhere. Anyway, I don't think there's any chance this staff gets fired this year, even if they do lose out. I'm not basing that on anything other than gut assumption. Um, and I'm not even, yeah. I don't know how I would feel just be, I mean, I, I know, I know I'd be disappointed and certainly wouldn't mind seeing <laughs> you know, a turnover if they were to yeah. lose out or something like that. But for the sake of argument, let's say they don't and they do get two or three more wins. And maybe one of those is against Virginia Tech. I mean, you can build on that because we know that we've seen these bright spots. And and despite these losses, a lot of the cupboard in the trenches has been bare. And that's hard to win football games with a team that doesn't have depth uh, across the offensive and defensive lines. You can do things to mitigate that. And sure, there's been a ton of mistakes and, and, and stupid penalties and, and baffling coaching decisions that have also attributed to those losses. But if you if you can build off a couple more wins, especially if one is a name brand win, you might be able to go back into the portal. Uh, you might be able to you know solidify a little better in-state recruiting. Shout out Cameron yeah. Robinson, lead the way, best recruit last class in-state guy, right? If you get a little bit yeah. of that going and in year three do feel that you have depth, you you know you're going to be happy with the quarterback room. Yeah, maybe, maybe you can start the conversation going that, hey, it started wrong, but we're building something here and 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 year three gives you the opportunity to show some of that. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, of course, we know it, but we're going into a bye week. So there's, there's lots, yeah, of, no. lots of tangents well, to talk about until we see them play again. Well, here's my question. So what would we qualify as a successful back half of the season? I think it obviously starts with a Virginia Tech win. Yeah, you. Can, it, you it's you gonna be that, that and yeah. another we Georgia Tech. Yeah. Like right. It's probably going through that. Three. I like think Georgia Tech, yeah, Virginia exactly. Tech and stealing one. Well, yeah. no, I, I if they beat and, Georgia and, Tech and Virginia Tech, I think you're saying, I mean, what's the success? It's still all this losing to start. It, it's, it's hard still to a like three nine like or the, four and eight season. Right. The and and neither is a success, right? So it doesn't no, I know. If you if you win against the Hokies. I think you're saying, okay, uh, we win it. We won on a high note. We we at least are establishing that we might be in better shape uh, than our big rival in, in Blacksburg. And yeah. that's a conversation you can build off. You know, even if they lose into that Hokies game, um, yeah. you I think for the sake of optics, you, you need to be, beat that Georgia Tech team so that it's a three sitting there, not a two, you know, at the final. Yeah. But you can't but, have double digit losses. Right. I just don't see three and four. I mean, obviously, four would be better, um, if, especially if, you, you know, it's going to be an ACC team. So you can say, if in this in this hypothetical, they've gotten three ACC wins to, to you know, in the second half, that. That's about as good as, as they can hope for right now. And and I think it'll stabilize things. And that's sort of the point. So if a success is sort of stabilizing the conversation um, and, and yeah. then being able to recruit, being able to show off the new facilities, things like that, 
I, I guess that's the answer. None of this is remark. I mean, remotely yeah. close to a success though. It's, it's, it, it, it all yeah. that matters is wins and losses. Right. And I, I know we sort of started the season being like, no wins and losses don't matter. And that's the conversation. But I think the question we kept asking ourselves is how long is that going to continue with the fans? How, how long until it is just football? It's never going to be just football, obviously, for any of us or or for um, particularly these players and coaches. But how long until it's the football results that dominate the conversation? And we're already there. We've been there for a while. And yep. losing the William Mary game would have been worst case scenario, but they didn't. And so I guess this is next to worst case scenario. The opportunity is to build off that and get some of these wins. Maybe surprise Miami if you don't surprise UNC. Maybe take advantage of Matt. Maybe Miami's like completely in shambles. They've lost the locker room and you take advantage of that. You take advantage of the Georgia Tech's down and you take advantage of that Blacksburg seems to be just as big shambles as, as we are here. So I don't know. The, yeah. the opportunity that is there to build off this loss and avoid the direction or to build off the win and avoid the losses, the direction, the losses we're we're sending the conversation. So if they can do that, if you, if you end the season where the conversation can be a positive one, then you have succeeded in the last second uh, in the second half of, of the year. Yeah. I think just flipping the narrative of, right. This is a team that when the chips are down and the game is close, they lose to, they can act, they can win games. And I know that that's so simplistic and that we've said that yeah. for weeks now, but having three games, arguably four with Maryland, I, that's a hard one, but you had three games that were a hundred percent in your grasp, able to win talent level. They were either better or only marginally worse than their opponent Two, okay, we actually went three and three in the back six and have three ACC wins to show for it and prove that we can win football games and close things out. It's going to yeah. be tough. Like if they finish yeah, two and 10 and you're saying, gosh, they were that close against JMU. They were that close against NC State, that close against Boston College, presumably that close against Georgia Tech or Virginia Tech or even Miami. Then I think thing then the apathy just continues to seep in. You need at least two wins. You you have to beat you have to beat Tech and Georgia Tech. That is the baseline, and then yeah. from there, four and eight after the, an zero and five start, going what four and three in the back seven. Look at you is. Yeah, math. Hey, for someone who doesn't know where any of the libraries are, you <laughs> did that pretty quickly. No, I totally hear you. I, I think the optics of that um, do trend towards a positive conversation. Um, yeah. A lot hinges on that Virginia Tech game, though, because I mean, you can put you can put yeah. a lot of the weight behind the argument you're trying to make if you can win that rivalry game, uh, and they've had such a, a down year. So we'll see um, the opportunities there. Last point I'll make about that is if you can start putting up more points, even if they're not winning games, but you can show production from those two star receivers and of course, Musket or Calandria, whoever's playing. If you can go like, look, look what we're doing. Like we are, we're throwing it around. We're putting up some big numbers. Yeah. yeah it didn't come together. With wins. We're still dealing with a lot of stuff. You know, we don't have, we don't have the guys to come block for them. Don't you want to be that guy? You know, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that'll help a lot too, even if it doesn't lead to more than a couple wins. You know what they can't do is lose out. Like that's just going to yeah. Um, 
that's just going to crater everything. And no one's going to be talking about uh, tragedy next year. They're just going to be talking about going one and whatever. So yeah, we'll see. It's but, a tough world, but it is a bye week, so uh, plenty to talk about next week headed into UNC. Uh, we'll be sure to check that UNC-Miami game out uh, because we'll uh, want to talk about the next two opponents for the Who's. Uh, basketball still, again, right around the corner. already talked about the schedule and whatnot, but we'll get going with a little more preview-heavy stuff. Um, and Zach will keep annoying you on Twitter uh, because that's uh, been – a lot of the feedback we've gotten in our <laughs> DMs recently. The the putting Christian Bliss on a roster breakdown where you explicitly say Christian Bliss is scheduled to re to redshirt, but if he doesn't, this is the type of player he is. And so <laughs> someone getting mad about that is uh my favorite Twitter thing of the week. How about we'll we'll just wait? Have I didn't that see that. A, oh well, I'll explain it to you. It's not worth rehashing here to end the episode. So. Well, we just, you know, if you're listening to this, tweet some nice things at Zach. Tell him he's doing a good job. He's, yeah. he's yeah, out he here it. working hard. He's 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 in the trenches of fan of blogging and podcasting. So uh, make sure to support him. Um, make sure to give us a subscribe. And a, a, if you haven't, give us a review. I, I should say that. I never say that. I'm not good at podcast hosting. Please give us a review. Yeah. Uh, hopefully a positive one, um, because it certainly does help or us get one. flagged. <laughs> out there in the EBA audioverse. So until next week, stay tuned to streakyalon.com uh, for chatter about lots of different sports. And uh, we'll be back next week uh, to talk about winning the bye week, but previewing the UNC game. Until then, for everybody, I'm Pierce. Go Hoos. <laughs>